welcome and surprise. We thought we were done with season two of Creative for Connection, but we've added this bonus episode to finish off the season. Kevin and I felt it was important to capture the theme of where this podcast is going and share it with you before we launch into the third season. So to everyone listening, we're glad you're here. Welcome back to Creative for Connection. I'm your host, Paul McMullen, and I'm here with our other host, Kevin Shelby. Hey, Kevin. What's going on, everybody? So uh, today is a big day. It is our season two finale. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Lying. Yeah, it is. It's it's um, It's been just an awesome season. I think back to Josh Ross was our, our first interview this last season. And uh, it, it was a long time ago, for one thing. And that was like, was, that was such a great time that we spent with Josh. I loved it. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that and then we had your sister-in-law come in. Yeah, and, that, was- um, that was awesome. We had Randa tell her story, that crazy story about the church that she experienced so much yes. craziness with. I mean, it was, you know, and then um, we had the Enneagram episodes. We had three Enneagram episodes. Yeah. Either loved it or hated it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to do that because people kept complaining that we didn't cover all the numbers. Yeah, that's so, right. I thought that was pretty interesting. Like well, people actually cared that we they, didn't cover certain numbers. That they, they did. We were like, you know, it's just the it's it's the framework that matters. You know, just connect with yourself. That's the idea. No, I want to know my number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I took the time to listen to the stinking podcast, and you didn't even cover my number. Yeah, people are selfish. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I loved I loved having shannon and stacy on yeah yeah they were awesome they're naturals at this yeah i wish that we could have like a four host podcast because i those those two would be great yeah we just don't get to talk enough and that's the case i know i care about talking enough to not add anybody else to the mix so (laughs) i want i want my voice to be heard (laughs) no interviews no more (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're just done with interviews. In fact, I'm just going to prompt you with questions. and, and That would it, be great. Yeah. If you would stop talking as much as you do, then I would have a better time on here. Oh, and I've got a great idea to, to finish this episode up with. Okay. I'm going to okay. hold it off though. We're going to hold off. We're going to talk about some important stuff here in a minute. You better write it down because you'll, you'll, you will forget. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> so we had the Enneagram episodes and then we did a couple of, of just kind of connecting with God type episodes. We had the one with Cheyenne who produced our music. And then we did the, we did the one that you and I um, talked about. Yeah. Tuning into God, tuning into God. And then followed that up with the episode with Jill. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah, Jill, Jill's episode was just, it was so good. So good. You know, you could just feel that was one of those episodes where you just felt the presence of God with you as you're talking about things. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved that. 
And then we rounded it out with Trent, who is just so awesome. Such a powerful story. I, I, I want to go back and listen to it again. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we had a great lineup. I am so pleased with, with how, how far we've come. You know, I think just for our listeners, when we first started into this, I think we've said this before in other episodes, but, you know, just to kind of recap, we didn't know what we were doing. We had no idea how to even get a recording from our device on the internet. And then after that, get it onto these different platforms. I mean, just being able to do that took a lot of work to learn. We had Craig Williams, my friend from high school, and who's also another podcaster. He's got a, an awesome show um, called The Homeowner Show. He, he's the one that kind of helped us figure it all out, you know? Yeah. And so one of the things that he said that I thought was great is just expect the first 20 episodes to be you kind of figuring out who you are as a podcast. Right. And that was really good. I think that was, that was really good advice because I feel like that's what has been happening is we've been zeroing in on some ideas. We started out with a big concept of we believe in connection. We believe that's the path towards healing in relationships and, and getting closer to God and those types of things. But I think we've refined a little more about what we think about that as we've done these interviews and, and we've reflected back on the content. You and I've arrived at a, a little bit clearer place for what we are trying to talk about and, um, and then where the next couple of seasons are going to head. Yeah. And it's been great to get interaction. A lot of our interaction has been through conversations with, with people we're connected to, and we still very much want people to give us feedback through comments or through the, the email to the site and really get get to hear your perspective your story even what questions you have what you are really connecting with but we like you said we feel like just from doing this ourselves from the interviews and then through the conversations we've had it's felt like okay we're really on a track here and it was broader than what we initially thought because both you and i have a passion for people that are in leadership and leadership in churches and about the sense of isolation you can have in those roles. And that's certainly still a major part of, of where our heart is, but it's really broadened out to um, a, a really more general aspect of what does it look like to connect and what does it look like to connect to, well, uh, I wanted you to share, you know, like we, we've identified a focus, if you will, that has three components to it. So what were you, you were talking to me about this earlier. What were you saying? Yeah, so I think that we um, we have been able to to kind of pull out what the main themes of our podcast have been, and when you take a fifty thousand foot overview, I, I think what I'm seeing is that connection really is important in three different areas of life. So there's connection with self, connection with God, and connection with others. And kind of how I am 
breaking that down in my mind is, you know, a lot of people will say to me when I mention connection to self, a lot of people will say, what does that mean? Connecting to myself, you know? So you and I have talked about being disintegrated, you know, not, not aligning internally. And, and so we've talked around that we've, we've brought up some different concepts about that, but I think specifically connection to self looks like congruence. Okay. And 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 alignment. What do you mean by congruence? What I mean is that we move closer and closer to our values aligning with our behaviors or our behaviors. Probably a better way to say that is our behavior aligning with our values. We can go in the opposite direction where our behavior pulls our values away from center, you know, but, but I think center being centered comes Mm -hmm. from also that connection with God that we've talked about. Right. So this is the second piece that we are connected with God, that he tells us who we are, that we are, we are connected with him deeply enough to hear who we are, to hear what, what he's ordering in our lives, like how he's, how he's coming in and managing the chaos or shaping the chaos to become something more beautiful, something more fruitful. And it, that's about identity formation. Mm-hmm. And I, right at the center of identity, identity formation is aligning our values with God, with what God cares about, right? So when we're centered with him and our values are aligned with him, then our then connection to self looks like our behavior comes in alignment with, with those values. Gotcha. Yeah. And does that ever, you, you talked about behavior aligning with the values as we sit and receive from God, which really makes me think about what we had in that conversation with Jill, both, both the crumbling idols part, but also the receptive nature, like we're receiving identity from God and that's changing us. Does it ever happen in in your view or experience that behavior, you talked about behavior kind of negatively impacting values, like drawing our, uh, drawing us kind of away from a, a set of core values. Does it ever happen that your behavior leads you into values as well? Yeah, I think definitely it can. So I would say that like, there is, there is this, Uh, perspective of like acting yourself into a better way of thinking or being which some people take that approach to like spiritual disciplines and different things like that you know Mm -hmm. so I would say you know things that are still within our value set that are going to draw us closer to God whether we're feeling the desire to do that or not we can't like sticking with some of those behaviors does keep us moving towards center Right. But I do think that it's, it's most often most common because when you look at scripture and you look at the, the pattern that scripture lays out for kind of how humanity does things, it's typically that they start behaving in a certain way that pulls them away from God. Right. Like, so they start worshiping idols or intermarrying all the things that God says, don't do, you know, those behaviors end up, you know, kind of having this exclamation point of, and then, you know, they weren't, they weren't 
connecting with God anymore. They right. weren't, they weren't staying at center. So I think uh, our allowing ourselves to just continue certain types of behaviors can pull us away from that. Yeah. So does, did, did that clarify things? Does that make a little more sense? Yeah, it, it does. And I do think the story and I think experience, my own experience would, would go along with that, that both can happen, but a lot of times it, it, behavior can certainly draw me away from that. And it may not be, it's an interesting sort of thing. It's, it's not always that it changes uh, like a core belief has necessarily changed, but it's more the value I've placed on that in a, in a determining factor in mm. my life and my circumstances, like how much is it actually shaping me? Yeah. I might give allegiance to this. <clears throat> if you ask me about it, but you say, okay, look at your life. What is, <laughs> what does your life say about what you value? And that, that sort of uh, reflects a shift sometimes um, in, in whichever direction, but yeah, some, sometimes when I felt like I've moved away from God, it's been, um, because my, my behaviors have shifted and, um, it's, I still believe, but I don't, I, I guess maybe I don't act like I believe sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, just a practical example would be, you know, I, if I value my health, you know, like I want to be a healthy person, I want to have a long life, but I, you know, I start just sitting on the couch every day, eating potato chips and pizza, which, you know, is easy for any of us to do. You know, I started the morning out with two cinnamon rolls and I'm gonna have pizza for dinner tonight. So like, this is not me saying, you know, eating unhealthy is like, I'm not trying to, I, I am the worst of, of sinners among, <laughs> among all people in this category. But, but, it, but if we don't exercise, we don't, you know, we eat potato chips every day, drink lots of Coke and all that, you know, we can, we can value health all we want, but when the, when our behaviors don't support that value, then the outcome is going to be pretty severe. Yeah. You know? And so, so we've spent a lot of time talking about how like, we're, we're, we've been trying to separate this idea that we're defined by behavior, you know, as in terms of like our connection with God and, you know, our, our ability to connect with others, like we carry the shame of our behavior sometimes. So I'm not at all like trying to go back on that. I'm just, I'm just trying to talk globally about, you know, this, this isn't a value. I'm, this isn't placing value on, you as a person based on these things where, you know, it's more just like, how does connection lead us towards being aligned with God in a way that, that we live that abundant life. Right. That's what we're trying to talk about. Yeah. And we are, and that's, that's the goal is to experience abundant life with God and with other people and with ourselves. I mean, we want yeah. We want to experience that personally. We want that for other people. You know, one of the one of the most profound images in Scripture is when John uh, in, in the Book of John, where Jesus is talking about you know life in the Spirit is like a a fountain overflowing you know with water. Mm. It's this like what is it, what does it look like to be filled with the Spirit? Well, it's it's living water 
that keep continually overflows. So that's like, I am full and it's so full that it is flowing over into other people's life in helpful and living ways. And for whatever reason, that image is, that's like, well, that's where I want to be. I want to feel like I'm, I am full to the brim of God and his, and his life and that it's spilling over into other people. I think some of that is because I know, <laughs> I know what it feels like to not feel, feel like I'm full and mm-hmm. um, the, to, to feel like I'm dry or to feel like I'm running on fumes, those sorts of feelings I, I can resonate with very much. So the abundant life being, oh, I'm filled up. I am, I'm content, you know, like that's another thing when you're, when you don't have any water, you're thirsty, you're like you're parched. Whereas when you're, you've had a long drought of water, you know, like you're full, you're content. Mm. And all of that describes where I want to be. I want you to be Kevin. I want our listeners to be is that picture of, of fullness. And I think what we're connecting the dots to is, is that fullness comes through relationship. It comes through connection first to the source. I mean, the living water is God's spirit. Like that is the water that fills us up. So that's right. We have to be connected to that source. And even for people that don't know God yet, or have heard, you know, bad gospels or whatever it is, or been hurt in, in all the different ways that cause disconnection, I still believe he's the source of their life. Like that God is still the source, but wanting them to connect even more deeply and, and eternally to that through Jesus. Um, but then the connection with other people that we were created, not just to be, <laughs> not just to be like the conduit of, of God connecting to us. That's the solo connection that fills me up, but it's like, no, we were connected. God infuses us with the spirit through each other. And, you know, I was thinking about uh, that as I was reading in, in Ephesians this week and wanted to share a little bit about that. If uh, you think we can go there now. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I just want to point out as, as we're framing this conversation is that when we talk about values, you know, and being connected to the source, it, 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 I don't see that as like, we go before the Lord and he says, Kevin, there are the 10 things that you are to, you know, live your life by. Right. I, I don't, that's not the experience. It's the experience of being in his presence and him speaking words of love and comfort and peace over me that then draws my, draws my being towards him. Mm. And as that, as that drawing process happens, then, you know, obviously any behaviors that prevent me from getting to experience that will start to fall away, you know, but, but I don't get a God of judgment when I go to that place, a God that says, all right, have you done these things? You know, it's more of like, he is shaping my innermost being when I'm in his presence. Yeah. And and that, and so then that flows into that's what I'm referring to when I talk about values and that flows into the alignment to the congruence internally. And, and then I, in, in the idea of connecting with others, 
that we put ourselves in a community of people who are wanting to to live in that same stream you know that that there are people who are hungry to experience the same type of thing mm-hmm. right like and that doesn't mean those are the only people we spend time with it just means that i that if that's the direction i want to go Right. then I've got to be with people who are, who are saying, yes, we want to go the same way. And so I think that, that Ephesians four reference that you're about to read for us is exactly uh, in alignment with this way of thinking. So, yeah. So uh, just to like go recap for the readers or for the listeners connection to God, self, and others is what we see as the three main ways of experiencing abundant life. And uh, so listen for that as Paul is reading Ephesians four. Yes, it is. It's interesting that in this chapter, as I kind of tee it up, um, the problem, and I've heard this shared before from this particular chapter, but the problem that's causing issues is people <laughs> it's 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 ourselves and it's other people and then part of god's solution to that is people so when we talk about the need for connection it, it's ironic that you know we have needs because how uh, of of the influence of other people in our life and our own choices and then we also uh, need people to get us back on track so so in ephesians 4 you know, the first half of Ephesians is really about who we are in Christ. And there's a lot of deep, beautiful theology there. And some of the greatest prayers in scripture um, are Paul's prayers for the Ephesians church. I love those. They're very, they're very comforting to read. They're very inspiring to read. So if you haven't read anything today, pop into Ephesians and read those prayers. But um, in chapter four, it kind of moves into this more action-oriented phase of the letter, but it's also still filled with each action or each behavior is really filled with, with deep theology, deep uh, value and understanding. And so he's talking about unity in chapter four. And in verse three, he says, make, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And then he goes into this section where he's talking about, these are the things that we're united on. These are the things that there's, there's one of that we are, we are, we are one together. There's one body, one spirit, uh, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father over all who is over all and through all and in all. And then, so he's talking about unity, but then he's going to go to this section where he's like, but each one of you is also being given these different gifts for purposes. So there's like a uniqueness to each person. Uh, they're given different gifts, but it's in, in lieu of this unity that we have in Christ. So I'm going to skip down because some of the verses about Jesus ascending and ascending um, can be confusing. But in verse 11, it was he, Christ, who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so he's, he's talking about in, in three different ways in this one line, what it looks like, I, I think 
to have this robust connection to God. He's, he describes it as maturity, which is, is about how, how we would be in ourselves. Um, he talks about the whole measure. So you think about like a full measuring cup. So you've got this whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So again, a very filled up life, a very filled up connection, um, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, maturity. And then in verse 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. So that, that verse is, is talking about the problem, which is people are getting divided. The church is getting divided. They're getting tossed back and forth by all these different ideas because they, they don't have depth. They don't have roots. They don't have maturity. And so it's like, oh, somebody's talking about this. Oh, let me do that. Somebody's talking about something new. Let me do this. And they're just going back and forth and it's causing division and disunity. Instead, verse 15, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. Uh, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I, I appreciate people listening through that. It can be kind of hard just to listen to somebody read through scripture, but just in that section, Kevin, I feel like there's a picture of our connection to God, what it looks like personally, personally to receive that. So our connection to ourselves, what it looks like to like grow as, as a person, and then our need for connection to other people, uh, which is very important in this body image. Like we're given gifts not just so that we can have gifts, uh, we're given gifts for the purpose. And, and one of the main purposes of gifts that God gives people is to build up, to encourage, to strengthen and mature each other. And so there's deeply embedded in this is a need to connect to each other and to help each other and to, to encourage and serve each other. So I, I think it's just a beautiful picture of what the connected life is. And then it also gives us glimpse of what where disconnection comes from. There's people that have hurt us in, in our lives and that has caused disconnection. We want to take a moment and thank Wellspring Process Groups for sponsoring today's episode. Wellspring is an initiative Paul launched at the beginning of 2021 that provides people with a safe place to process the experiences they're facing in life. Whether you're going through challenges or transitions, or if you need a safe group of people to share life with for a season, we invite you to join a Wellspring Process group. I've been in one of these groups, and it's been a life-changing experience for me. I encourage you to go to the show notes right now and contact Wellspring to find out when you can join a process group for yourself. Yeah, you know, I love the verses that you just that you just read because I think it does really highlight these ideas. And I, I also think about how this goes in the reverse, you know, that you know, when we're not seeing our giftedness, uh, when we're not building each other up, when we are not connecting with God, we we very easily do get just tossed back and forth. I mean, 
Yeah. You know, I mean, like I, I experience this all the time. I mean, I was working out the other day and I turned on, they, they have these big TVs overhead of the, of the different machines and you can like, you know, click on whatever TV you want to listen to in your AirPods. So I clicked on one of the TVs that was on a, like a, one of the, you know, political TV stations. Yeah. It's called news, but really it's politics now, right? They were going on and on about all these different things. And I found myself like angry at what I was hearing. You know, I can't believe this group is doing this. And I'm, I'm pretty moderate. I'm not necessarily, I'm, I'm, I don't find myself to be really radical politically. Right. But it was so much just like bent towards villainizing the opposite side of things. Uh, and you can, I mean, I could flip on a station that has the opposite view and feel the same way inside. I don't think unity sells. <laughs> no, it doesn't sell. You know, and that's the thing is, you know, we we just get in this rut, eat very easily as people that can be very difficult to get pulled out of. So I, I'd say that to say this idea of staying connected is probably as relevant as it ever has been. Yes. You know, because yeah. we live in such a divisive society. And I, I'm not saying that I think this society is more divisive than others, but I am saying we certainly live at the peak of divisiveness every day. If you want to test the waters, just go post on Facebook what you think about abortion or what you think about who should be the next president or, I mean, anything. Just go post about it on Facebook and see what happens. I think we all know what will happen. You know, there'll be a, a firestorm of supporters and dissenters. <clears throat> oh, totally. And I, I think it's interesting to think of it from that opposite end too, of there's disconnection. There's the feeling of just being lost and tossed back and forth, especially what you're saying, like emotionally tossed back and forth in our, in our day and age. Uh, anxiety, you know, anxiety is is just rampant in so many ways. And we've talked about it. Your, your whole episode in season one is about anxiety, but the feeling of being tossed back and forth is not a, it's not a comforting sort of thought. No. It produces fear and anxiety. And like so many of us are wrestling with that in real ways. And then the other picture is instead of fullness, feeling empty, feeling just like, kind of dead inside or kind of, or maybe not dead, but like drab and just kind of blah. And it, it's like so a lack easy. of purpose, like lack of purpose, lack of connection. Like, you know, I, I think I believe the right things. I think, you know, I've got important people in my life, you know, I've got work, but I just feel kind of blah about it, you know, and there's this kind of low level depression of, I don't feel full. I don't feel fulfilled. And it's not always about how I feel. And I, so I tell myself that sometimes when I'm feeling this way, but I am approaching life differently from this low level of energy and fulfillment and kind of dry parched spiritually and, and relationally rather than how I would approach it when I am full, when I'm loved and supported and like connected and there's a huge difference uh, my capacity 
to love, my capacity to be patient with people, my capacity to not get sucked in to uh, unhealthy practices and unhealthy conversations and like in the, the, you know, make a better choice than to get sucked into the noise of our day and the disunity. It, it, that comes from a place of like, I'm, I'm able when I'm full more so than when I'm empty. I just don't have the energy. I don't have the energy to fight. I just kind of roll over and, you know, put on another mini series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, and not that putting on a mini series is wrong, you know, like I think not that there's anything wrong with that. The old Seinfeld, <laughs> uh, let's get some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's all we're ever doing, you know, then we're not going to be experiencing that, you know, what we're looking, what, what we desire here. And I, I really see the three areas that we've highlighted uh, connection to self, God, and others. I see it as three entry points, you know, like each one of those is a, is a potential entry point into abundant life, into being in the stream of, you know, of fullness, as you were describing it earlier. And I guess I'm, I just want to make the point that I, I think that's pretty amazing that God has given us those three entry points. You know, it's kind of like, start with any of these, start, start with connecting with me, you know, and, and see what happens, like, see how that's going to create more abundant life for you or start by connecting with people, be in a, be in a, a Christ centered community of people that want that are charging up the same hill that we are. Try that, you know, go spend some time with men who, who really want to know Jesus and they want to be good dads and they want to be great husbands. Go spend time with those people. You know, I've, I've heard people say like, if you want to be wealthy, you have to spend time with wealthy people because you have to understand what the culture of wealth is, right? That's just true for anything that we're hungry for in life. So go spend time with people who are hungry for Jesus. Mm. Don't for, forget about how you feel about yourself. Forget about how you feel about your connection with God. If that's what you want, go find the group or start by connecting back to yourself, working on whatever habits are outside of your congruence with your values, with who God says you are. Mm. Cause like when it says here that when it talks about these gifts of prophets and teachers and evangelists, what that's what I hear is, look, God designed you for a specific purpose. Like you don't just meld into this, you know, kind of ambiguous pot of people that are, you know, you all kind of look the same and act the same. And, you know, it's not that it is you're unique and I've uniquely gifted you. And when you are with me, you're going to see just how powerful that giftedness is. And when that aligns, like that's going to set people free because it's going to show them what it looks like to walk in the kingdom with me. You know, that's what, when he's calling people these specific things, he's saying, this is how I designed you. This is your identity. When, and, and the opposite is true of this too, Paul. You know, if you think about it, how, how the, um, being tossed back and forth works. Mm -hmm. When I decide who I am, when I'm the one who determines what 
you know, what I, what I'm going to be. Now that looks very different than who, than what God is saying about me. I'm not always a stable identifier. (laughs) Well, exactly. I mean, how, you know, and, and what, what metric do we use to determine who I am? We hear that a lot in our culture, like you be you and I'll be me. And, you know, I think it's a, that's a reverse paradigm of what we're talking about. Yeah. God is the source, um, the, the, the abundant, as much as identity is connected to abundant life, we still are reliant on the source for that, for that abundance. And so identity is uh, derived from the source from the creator. And the beauty of that, I mean, I can, I can feel like a, a bit of a pullback of like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't want for God to always tell me everything and, and who I'm going to be and, and what I have to do. It just kind of is annoying, like this annoying taskmaster that's telling me that's micromanaging me. And I, I would suggest like, there's a, a ton of freedom in Christ. I mean, Jesus says, you know, I've, I've come to set you free. Uh, it is for freedom and the truth will set you free. So there's a whole lot about what uh, of freedom in what it means to be in this abundant life and saying that God is the source of our energy and our abundance and our identity. Um, what's interesting in that is rather than that making us less free, it actually, it makes us more free. But it can feel like, and I think this is part of the lie from the garden, it can feel like a limitation that God is limiting us, that God is keeping us from the, some potential that we could grasp on our own. But I, I don't think that is the reality. I think ultimately that that's a lie, um, that when we choose to believe that, that's this idea of I'm going to run off after all these other lives. I'm going to run after all these other idols or however we want to define what, uh, finding ourselves in something other than God. It just doesn't, it doesn't end up producing abundant life. And that, that story <laughs> plays over and over and over again. It just leads to a feeling of despair. And Jesus said, you know, it's a wide road that people go down that where they, they don't just become my disciple. They go off on their own path and it leads to destruction and that doesn't make him happy in any any way at all he's just like but that's that's a road many people choose to walk down and um, it's not true but i just think that it's confusing because it can feel constraining but that's right. not but that, but it's actually freedom well back to the food analogy you know we we're this is not a foreign concept to us mm-hmm. that we have to go back over and over again to receive when we get hungry food is the source of fullness that is something that we will continue to to go back to right so uh, like the question is what kind of fullness are you looking for you know and and there are people that abuse that you know they they just they starve themselves you know but like so when you're starving yourself, you're not going back to the source of fullness to receive. And you look at the consequences of it. You know, people become emaciated. I mean, I've, I've met with people with eating disorders before. 
Mm. Or they, or, or maybe they go to the source and they abuse it, you know, and you look at the consequences of that, like they eat as much as they want and then they throw it up. They try to manipulate it. I mean, that example to me just aligns with what we're talking about because we, when we think about, if we believe that God is the source of life, that he is the source of true life, the, the, the air that we breathe is from him, the heartbeat that we have, the brain activity that we have, all of that is from him. Not going back to the source to, to hear like what he's designed us for is it's, it's like starving yourself. Yeah. It's like deciding if I decide I'm going to live without water to even use a more extreme example, you know, I don't, I don't need water anymore. You know, like that (laughs) we, we could say that, but we were, we're made to run on water and it gets depleted and we have to go back for it. We have to go back. Even if we don't like it anymore, we need water. We're built for water. It's, it's amazing how much freedom we have in the sense that God gives us choice uh, to, to approach him. God gives us choice to deny and to turn away and run out and, and try to drink from other, you know, there's, Verses in the Old Testament about you, you drank from other cisterns, you drank from broken wells, mm. and I'm, I'm the source to come and drink from. And it's like, God allows so much freedom to, to try to go without water, you know, like to, to try to try out other sources. He doesn't force people to come to him as the source. He kind of lets life play out and let people get thirsty yeah i mean you know and and we we abuse it too just just like in our everyday life you know we could drink cokes instead of drinking water but again we're well aware of of the outcome of that and we're not surprised by it we might be frustrated with it but surely we're not surprised that if we drink cokes every day and that's the only source of liquid that we have running our bodies eventually it's going to cause us to gain weight and potentially have diabetes like you know i mean it just is it's a it's like smoking cigarettes gives you lung cancer eventually or emphysema copd like it it's gonna happen yeah so not not you know we can choose to live we can choose to try and sustain ourselves with something that is that is not the source but is is a it, se- it seems to us it appears to us that it's as satisfying if not more satisfying than the source mm. we can do that but we shouldn't be surprised of, of what it, of a lack of abundant life that comes along with it yeah or to go back to our 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 big picture analogy that we end up feeling disconnected. We, we feel like there's some kind of sh- short in the circuit. When I look back at the people we've interviewed, there are places of disconnection, whether it's 
Trent talking about feeling disconnected from God and from family or, or, or Randa feeling disconnected from church. There's, there's these stories where things have happened, hurt has happened, life has happened. And it's not all things that have, we have done, people have done to themselves. A lot of times it's things that other people have done to them or that life has or systems or groups have done the result is disconnection. It's, it's a short circuit in the connection. You know, I'm so fascinated right now with neuroscience and like studying the brain, this idea that traumatic experiences or like trauma, like physical trauma to the brain, it can, it can shut down the normal pathways. It can short, it can short circuit the neural pathways um, to the, to the brain. And then people like my wife, who's a speech therapist, have to help people go in and learn new ways to do old sorts of functions. Like how do you swallow again after a stroke? How do you, how do you find words that you used to be able to find before? And it's developing new neural pathways in order, because the old ones have been dis disrupted. They've been um, short-circuited. And so it's about finding new connections. And I think in many ways, that's, that's a picture of the sorts of conversations we've been having with people that it's about um, how do you find new connections when there's been that sort of disruption in somebody's life? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I think that that is another piece to this is that we, we recognize that it's not all just a, it's not all just the strength of will that helps us live abundant life. You know, it, it, in fact, I think our will probably has a lot less to do with it than we have made it out to be for, for many, many years and lots of different traditions, you know, so be, and I think that's what God is saying is like, you don't have the will you don't have the willpower to live in the stream of abundant life. You might have the willpower to be a really moral person, but you don't have the willpower to do all three of these things that I'm asking of you by yourself. It's got to be done with me. And it's got to be done in, the, in a community of people who want the same thing. Because there's going to be times where your will will falter. Mm. Or, or you will move off center somehow. It's like, it's kind of like a checks and balances type perspective. You know, like you have these three different areas that can bring you back to center. So the neural pathways that we've formed around behaviors are not just a battle of the will. I mean, this is a, this is a brain function highway you know, from, from trigger to behavior that many people face and many people don't know what to do about, mm -hmm. you know, and in a lot of ways, I mean, we keep doing some of the same things because we're just oriented to, to keep doing it until we have to find a different way until we're forced to find a new way. We probably won't, but some of that finding a new way looks like less about like me deciding not to do certain things that I don't want to do and more about me connecting to God and connecting with others, being in community with 
people who can help me with that and who have grace for me when I fail. Right. We, we have experienced and seen that shame for not having good connections, not having the behavior, um, feeling disconnected from God and other people. Shame is not a good motivator to make the, to make it happen. In fact, shame is, is a disconnector. Um, willpower on my own is not a good, is not good enough. No. In fact, and it, it ends up, it ends up isolating me because again, we're not built to, we don't have the source within us. And so like trying to push into that more and more of, of me willing myself to, to do better ends up, you know, causing more disconnection. And so it is like, there's a, it, it's a structure for this, for this water to flow in and, and, you know, we're mixing all the different connection metaphors, but it, it's like, these things happen together. This is how we were, we were created to receive from God and to receive from other people and then to reciprocate out and to, yeah. to pour back out to them. That, that is how we function. That's how we were made to function. All of those things. And it's not like, well, if you can check box all three, then you got to go, you know, like it's not a, <laughs> you know, we've got, our, we've got our achievers and I know like we've got, we've got our, like, I, I need my to-do list and my checkbox list of what I, what I do. Um, and if that's how people are feeling after this conversation, like, okay, yeah, abundant life. I understand kind of the discussion, like, what do we do? What do we do? It's, I think the, the, what to do is it's the baby steps of what does it look like for me to put myself, you know, within arm's reach to, uh, of the connections that we're talking about. So the receptive posture with God, like, how do I go and seek God? Um, and and I, I did have this picture of, of Jesus, like going out into the wilderness and at the beginning of his ministry, before he does anything else, he goes out by himself to pray for a long period of time and he fasts. And so this is a period where he's forcing this, um, uh, the, this isolation moment to connect to God. And I think th there could be moments like that where, where we go and we find space for ourselves, but also again, like connect with other people. Who's somebody in your life that you see has fullness, who, who, who has, um, desire to be close to God has openness to, to learn more about you. What does it look like to just take a step and just to say, Hey, I, I'd like to be around, around you some more so that I can, I can get a little bit of what, what you got going, you know, like it's a, it's a past, it's a caught sort of thing. Um, and, and we need each other to be able to find that. So. Yeah, I, I think, Man, we could just keep probably uh, deepening our understanding and talking about this, you know, and, I, and we will. We will continue to, to highlight these different areas and probably use this as a framework going forward to help understand people's story about, you know, whether one part of those places of connection was highlighted for them or all three show up. You know, I think the stories that will be told, you know, as we're moving into season three, will be, we'll use this as a framework. And also we, we've got some cool stuff in store that 
I'm excited about, you know, we're going to have some people come on and, and talk about the biblical understanding of terms like sin and shame. And people may be like, oh, well, that that's taken a totally new turn. But from the perspective of disconnection, you know, what have we understood about it? What should we understand about it? And how does it play a role in our connection and relationship with God and others? And so we've got a lot of stuff that we're working on um, that we're super excited about. I just I've loved season two and I can't wait for season three. So I'm super, super pumped about that. Yeah, it's going to be great. And we got to wrap this one up. But and so actually, you're going to wiggle out of what I really wanted to hear today, which was your wrestling story from Africa. So (laughs) (laughs) save that for season three, man. You didn't tell me you were that was that was in the hopper for today. So, oh, we could have just scratched everything we just talked about gone there. (laughs) It would have been very interesting, I'm sure, to most people. All right. Well, um, I want to thank you guys for listening in today. Paul, thanks for the conversation. As always, I've enjoyed it. Just want to leave you with um, what you remember. You are not alone. Thanks for joining us on this season two wrap up. In the interim between now and season three, we'd love to hear back from you. Please use the email address linked in our show notes to share your feedback with us. Let us know what topics you're interested in us exploring. If you've got a story of disconnection and connection that you'd like to share, please connect with us and we'll talk about it. Special thanks to Shine Metters for providing our music for this podcast. And thanks to Wellspring Process Groups for sponsoring this season. As always, please follow us on whichever podcast service you're using. And please drop a review to let other people know if this has been helpful for you. We'll see you next time.